Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen, fresh off shooting on the Raven Podcast, just before we clicked the record button. <laughs> Hello, Swap Nation, and hello to you, Oliver Davis. Is that why you're asking me questions about Raven's podcast? No, you were listening to it. I asked you who you're listening to. You said, it's Raven's podcast. I wish it was better than it is. <laughs> well, I do wish Luke it was... Luke Owen's words, <laughs> not mine. I do wish it was better than it was. However, I you know, I tuned in like when he was first doing it. Maybe it's better now. Like, you know, I was just listening to a clip there that I was actually quite enjoying. Mm. But, you know, maybe I just need to give it another shot. I remember I listened to uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's first podcast. And I was like, that was fine. I'm not mm. going to do that again. But now it's really good yeah. when he's not talking about... Hershey the Wonder Dog. Stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure when people listen to our very early Flickering Myth movie podcast days. Oh, man. What, the Skype call era? Ooh. Oh. I mean, I know, I'm not even sure those were online anymore. The delays. I hope not. No, I I've think... gone down and tracked them all down. <laughs> I think those are all, them. Those are all well gone. All the stuff that you and I did in studio, though. Like mm. that one. I think that stuff's still readily available. We were fully formed by the time we started. By that point. we, You know, we've been doing podcasts for a couple of years by that point. At least I Naturals. have. Naturals. Uh, and so... I just walked in. You, just, you were just great from the outset. Yeah, yeah. You and I, uh, the first podcast uh you and i did together um I, you weren't on the first one we did when we reviewed um seven psychopaths but i think you might have been on for the iron man 3 review i don't know but i do remember you getting very annoyed at one of our other co-hosts who tried to say that uh les miserables was not a film yeah well, it, it demonstrably is a film <laughs> they were like it's it's not very cinematic and you uh oh. You, yeah, you went off the now. rails. I've remembered. It's very cinematic. And you also had a pop at someone uh, who said that Cloverfield wasn't very good either, and you argued that you had written a paper on Cloverfield. And every, every one of my... Because uh, I did a lot about surveillance in my thesis, and all the 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 the, the building, the B-level pay-per-view essays all also included references to Cloverfield. Yes, yeah. and uh, they questioned, what are you doing with your life? Mm. And you just quote, I was like, been quite successful, actually. <laughs> smug, smug, smug. Smug, smug, smug. But anyway, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm hot. I just, like, I just have to go outside at the moment, and I get hay fever. Yeah, you uh, you went outside to take a phone call, business, 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 and then you came back in, and you were just, like, sweating. Like, just... Yeah. 
Well, that's normal. Yeah, and then but it's the added nose uncomfortable. You now got all of nose issues. Mm. All the nose issues. Do you suffer from hay fever? You seem to be pretty okay in sun. I I do, but very lightly. Like I might get a bit of a sniffly nose of a morning, but like that is about the extent of it. I'm, I'm quite, all in. I'm quite lucky in the sense that I don't suffer from. I mean, I've, I mean, I have one crippling ailment um, that you know affects me every couple of years, but like oh, every eighteen months or so. But every you know, but apart from that, I'm absolutely fine. Like I'm lactating nipples aren't anything to be ashamed of. But you know what? There is just this stigma about it that the, the Twitter will be all up on you if you have to talk about things like that. I'm gonna milk you. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna milk you and serve little super Luke bo- bottles to the Swaff Nation. Do you reckon we could probably sell that as a Patreon um, tier? Mm. You know, twenty five dollar backers also get uh, a monthly supply, like um, like, like a, a loot crate. You think you can a loot crate? <laughs> you think you can produce that much milk? Well, we don't have that many twenty five dollar a... backers. I think it would be all right. A monthly <laughs> pathetic syrupy drip from your nipple. Yeah, totally. That red eye. <laughs> Uh, we we haven't spoken to the Podswafters. If uh, like what happened, so so we got rid of Fake Luke, like he's gone, mm-hmm. and to protect ourselves from future invasions, we've we've hired a new host on Wrestle Talk. Uh, he debuted in yesterday's news video uh, that you were doing, but I thought this guy should do it. Uh, he's called El Fakador. Yes, and I just want to put over again, like. What a trustworthy looking So, man. I mean, you just look into his eyes and you're like, what kind eyes? What a kind-eyed man he is. Kind eyes, a caring beard. Mm-hmm. But the, again, like, caring's good, kind's good. It's just, it's the trustworthiness. Do you know what? There isn't a hint of cod liver oil about him. No, 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 no conning bone in his body. No. It is all trust. And yeah. I'm, I'm really, really happy to have him on the team. Mate, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if you're confused, uh, swaft, pod swafters... Go over to the old, uh, the old, the old channel. YouTube channel. Make that synchronicity. Uh, also, shout out to uh, a guy I got a message from who is uh, clearly a pod swafter. Let me just quickly find uh, his tweet. Um, Kim Araku. I'm going to say Kim Zero Raku. I'm going to say Kim Araku. Um, who was uh, giving me a, a this out because he is also a Star Realms player. Um, so You're the other nice. one. Yeah, it's, You're number 25. He could very well be in the top 25 players uh, in the country. Is is he in? So do you just want to say what Star star Jizz is? <laughs> so, I mean, how long have we gone on this intro already? I mean, okay, can you do it in a minute? No. Because I've got spoons to talk about. Let me talk about a spoon, and then excited listeners can wait until... That'll keep them around to the outro. Wouldn't it just? What's it called oh, again? Star Comes. Star, star, star Realms. Star I mean, realms. And I'm also going to talk about me competing in a Star Realms tournament, which, you know, is probably more exciting. We've just lost everyone. <laughs> I'm not even going to sit for the usual podcast. Uh, but uh, if you're wondering, the spoon of today is a Korean spoon. Have I done that one? I don't know. Read the description. Korean spoon. Long-handled, often with shallow point at the end of the bowl. Hmm. What's the one after? A marrow spoon, also known as a marrow scoop. I don't remember either of them, but I think we've now done two. Of, we've, got, we've got a bit of a two for there. Yeah, so a, a marrow, isn't that what they call uh, like a vegetable in the States? Yes. It's like a, a sort of uh, autumny autumnal vegetable. 
Yes. Do we call it something different here? Maybe. I can't remember what, though. Maybe a butternut squash. Is that um, a marrow in... I'm Googling stuff. Live on air. Vegetable. Well, anyway, I thought when I saw marrow spoon, it might not be a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Is it? It is a vegetable. Okay, it's, right. According to Wikipedia. I thought it would be a spoon for that. Not so, Luke. It's an 18th century spoon, often made of silver, with a long, thin bowl suitable for removing marrow from a bone. Ooh, gnarly. No. Uh, also, um, we refer to them as courgettes. Oh, is that what they call a marrow? That's yes. just wrong. That's the wrong vegetable. <laughs> Aubergine they, eggplant. Although I think we do, like, they are, maybe they are different. Um, no, they call zucchinis. They're called zucchinis in the America. The immature fruit of the same or similar culvertars is called courgette in Britain, Ireland, France, the Netherlands, Singapore, Malaysia, and New Zealand, or zucchini in North America, Australia, Italy, Germany, and Austria. Oh, good day, mate. Like courgettes, marrows are oblong green squash, but marrows have a firm rind and a neutral flavour, overgrown when picked and insipid when cooked. Uh, that is according to Dr. D. Uh, D. G. Hassian uh, in his book, The Vegetable and Herb Experts. Uh, that was published in 2009. Fascinating. So uh, the marrow is something different. It's mm. not a courgette, but I believe they are of the same ilk. I always have a smile on my face when I hear the word zucchini. It's not a word you hear in the UK. No. Because it is an American. It is in... Uh, incorrect term. Yeah, it's in North America, Australia, Italy, Germany, and Austria. Oh, good day, mate. But I am familiar with it because of that scene in the Fresh Prince. I don't know why. It's just one of my favourite... TV memories as a kid. That's the one where his dad goes, why don't my dad want me, man? No, no, that's a really <laughs> sad episode. Don't undermine the emotion of that, that drama, <laughs> dramatic bit. Uh, no, it's when, I think it's when they have in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and they've got the Nicky kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. even remember whose kid that was. It's um, it's the, the mum's kid. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, you have like a little younger kid. and like he, Who grows up really fast. Yeah, they even make a joke about it. Like the following season, he's like six years older than what he originally was. And he was like, yeah, he grew up really quickly. Mm. It's like, oh, that's, like, that's little baby Nicky. When they replace the mums. Like, you look different. <laughs> yeah. Love I think it's the only person who realises that it's a different, like, the kid has grown up too quick is Jazzy Jeff. Oh, because that's the one who realised about the mums. Yes. Wow, Jazz, meta. Jazzy Jeff is the meta character yeah. within. I had a really interesting story about that. I'll let you tell your thing um, first. I'm going to let you just I'll, see me glance down at the time. I'm going to let you speak, but first, <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, the, um, the, the Jazzy Jeff being thrown out of the door. Uh, they only filmed that once, and it's just the it's the same no one way. used all the time. That's so that's why amazing. Jazzy Jeff has to wear the same like jacket. That's uh, that's a great way to cut down on costs. Mm. That reminds me of that Simpsons joke were the, the voice actor who did Roadrunner. Beep, beep, but they only paid it to do one <laughs> beep and they doubled it up on the soundtrack. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the Itchy Scratchy and Poochie episode. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. The Zucchini, it's an episode where Nikki, uh, like Will and Carlton, realise they can pick up girls with a cute kid as their, their hook to bring in the lady. I see, clever. And uh, Will takes Nikki out. I can't see how this could go wrong. Yeah, and Will, uh, sorry, Carlton essentially babysits a dummy baby 
for the the whole day. And then he bursts in on Will in that cafe. Remember they used to work in a cafe yep. for a bit? He bursts into the cafe and he goes, I, you know, Carlton's really distressed. I looked in the, the pram or buggy, whatever they call it in America, to find Mickey. And what do I find, Will? What do I find? And he picks up this massive courgette and he goes, a zucchini, Will! And it's a zucchini dressed up like a baby. I just... I. Oh, it really makes me happy. <laughs> it's like one of those moments that just kind of sticks with you. And I bet you there'll be other people being like, God, I really remember that as well. It's like if so, if you say to someone, like, I put the screw into tuna. I don't know what that is. Well, that, it, that's, that is a Keenan and Kel reference. That, like, saying that would be like, Ah, oh, yeah, that episode, that one moment, that one random moment from an episode of Keenan and Kel. But it always seems to be there's a certain group of people that's like, oh, I remember that bit. Well, I hope if anyone else ever hears the word zucchini in their head, <laughs> they just play, it's a zucchini, Will, a zucchini. <laughs> then I'm I'm your buddy for life. But we've gone over long. It's Have time we? for the show. Okay. And the short answer is, because she's really cool, we really like her. But the longer answer, because I think you'd feel a bit cheated if we just said that and moved on, is because when you look at everyone who's in the Money in the Bank match, so on Raw, you've got Ember Moon, Alexa Bliss, Natalia, and Sasha Banks. And on SmackDown, you've got Charlotte, Becky, Lana, and Naomi. Yes. Every... I am not excited. If any of those people won, even Ember Moon, I would be like, okay. Just like Carmella winning last year. I wasn't like, yes, Carmella's won. I'm super behind Carmella. I was just like, huh, James Ellsworth. But if Becky Lynch won, I would genuinely be very, very happy. She, She's just such an unsung hero. First ever SmackDown Women's Champion. Solid hand. Great promo. People... People are organically behind her. She'd be a great face of the division. But she's kind of just been ignored for several months. And she's only really getting a bit of a momentum upswing now. Most likely as a swerve for when she loses money in the bank. I was going to say several months. Try almost, you know, several yeah, years, yeah. really. Like, she hasn't had a storyline since, you know, since Alexa Bliss was, was SmackDown Live Women's Champion sort of way back when. So that was the start of 2017. So yes. not, not, too not too far ago. No, yes, but still, yeah. like, 16 months. Yeah, it's like, still way too long, it's sure. Like, but I think we're getting up towards 18 months and she's actually had a storyline in on SmackDown Live. She's essentially just been there. You know, in all of those six-man tags where they face off against the Riot Squad. Woman tags. Six, six woman tags. Six-person Six Six-person tags. tags. Um, you know, against the Riot Squad or against, you know, the Welcoming Committee or, who, or whichever God. one it was that week. So I really feel that, like, she could do a lot with the belts. And I'm just kind of looking at the other lineup. I really like Ember Moon. I'm, I don't really want Charlotte Flair to, to win. I'm kind of like, that's... That seems like something I'd, I'd actively not want. She does not need it in the No, slightest. that's what I mean. Yeah, she yeah. like she's already sort of at that sort of championship level already. Like if she was Carmella's cha- uh, challenger at the next pay per view, you'd be like, yeah, cool, that makes sense. Hmm. Um, and her running round with the Money in the Bank briefcase, it's like it will add nothing to her. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Alexa Bliss is another one. You like she's just come out of that championship scene, so you don't really want her being in there again. Although I do like sneaky heels with uh, with the Money in the Bank briefcase. That's always good fun. There is value to Bliss. Yes, there but is. I, she's already done it all. She doesn't need 
the briefcase. Yeah. Natalia, I suppose you could put that into the Ronda thing, should Ronda win against Nia Jax. Which, yeah. I mean, that that's one of the, the rumours running around at the moment, is that uh, Ronda will beat Nia, and then Natalia will cash in, like, directly afterwards. Like, she'll come down to celebrate and be like, hey, I'm your best friend, but but with the, uh, the briefcase. Do you want a hot rumour? How, how hot is it? Well, it it's kind of hot, uh, but let's be honest, it's lukewarm because I have never been able to track this down. I was only half paying attention to the, the radio when it was said by Dave Meltzer. Mm-hmm. Something about Toys R or something having a Natalia figure with the briefcase. Oh, really? So I could, I have not researched this. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> It could just be complete nonsense yeah. and the sort of thing that's another site, Sportskeeda probably, or say or Ringside News. Hey, this reported by Ollie Davis of the Wrestle Talk News. Oh well, I mean, you are the man to break the no, break no, all of the news. Never, never. So there's Natalia, and then Naomi's another one. I'm not really fussed on her winning uh, the Wait, the thing. I'm, missed, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to that one. I was gonna I was gonna come back to the end because I was gonna say Naomi, Sasha Banks. Not really asked about either of them winning. Lana is about the only other name in there that I would enjoy. Only if Rusev won the men's, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you could have Mister and Mrs. Money in the Bank. That to me seems like a really like appealing. Like with Aiden English there, I think that'd be really fun for SmackDown Live. However, we've just had Carmella with the Money in the Bank briefcase, and she's now the undeserving champion that really easily beat um, Charlotte Flair at a uh, backlash. So quite deserving champion so we don't i don't think we need to do the same thing again with lana and like have the undeserving uh the undeserving money in the bank winner going on to, to like then win the championship so yeah, becky lynch really is my my number my numero uno pick so you're going for like lana only because that mr and mrs thing if that's it but if rusev won book. oh 100 it's a completely bad way to book but that's like it's the only other scenario out of this these eight that i would be like huh yeah that that could make for some very mm. entertaining television so my heart is saying becky lynch everything else really is saying natalia yeah mine is head. mine is too as just well. because of the rousey stuff they don't want her to be champion for long uh but I, I don't know what they're doing. They've really put themselves into a corner. But the reason we're talking about this now is because Becky Lynch won a match on this week's episode. What happened to that storyline where she couldn't find her place in the women's division and she was like on a bit of a losing streak or whatever it was the storyline they were trying to tell a couple of weeks ago? Don't don't pay attention to that, Luke. No. Pay attention to Charlotte drinking fictional, fictional tea. tea. I've got a note here because I genuinely... I, I, so... But I've written both girls here with evening match. So Becky and Charlotte had a match. My second note I made is, I can't wait to hear what Ollie Davis made of that kicking spot. So they both go to kick each other. You write down my full name in reviews. Yeah, well, I I can't just say Ollie. Ollie. Yeah. Well, it's just weird to do that, isn't it? Ollie Davis. That's what, we re- that's what we refer to you at home. Actually, no, my, my wife calls you Young Oliver. Um, despite the fact I think you're old. No, she, you, you are younger than her. But, like, they go both go to kick each other, and they grab each other's foot, and they go, like, you put my foot down. No, you put my foot down. And they're like, basically, like, okay, we'll do it on three, okay? All right, one, two, three. And then they very gingerly put each other's feet down, and then sort of go back to a standoff. And I was like... It's an interesting spot. I'd be very interested to hear what Oliver Davis has to say about it. Nice bit of comedy, I've written. This is a babyface versus babyface match. It's not a heated blood feud. It's kind of two friends trying to better each other. Interesting. So that this, I thought this totally makes sense with the story, with the characters. Uh, it's, it's weird. Charlotte's got a few characters. She is 
I am the queen and I make magic with other wrestlers. <clears throat> that sort of wooden two-dimensional version. Then she's got like angry Charlotte who kicks ass in matches and has hair goes all puffy. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like this Becky Lynch Charlotte who seems to be the most fun Charlotte and actually most like a human being. So for for this match, I, I thought it was absolutely fine. I, I actually quite, I got a kick out of it, to be honest. Yeah, I thought the match was actually pretty good. There's a couple of missed time spots here and there, but I thought it was, you know, really good fun. And eventually, yeah, um, Charlotte missed the moonsault. She went for the figure eight, but Becky reversed it into a disarmor and bloody won. And I, I was really surprised. Mm. And then uh, they Yeah, hugged. Charlotte tapped pretty quickly. Yeah, and then they, they hugged after the match. And my first thought was this, like... <clears throat> One of my issues, I suppose, I have with Money in the Bank, granted I haven't seen the last two weeks of television, so perhaps you can fill me in on this, because Todd Phillips and the rest of his cronies haven't been doing uh, this, or my- Michael Cole hasn't been doing this on Raw. What are you doing? so many recap packages. No, no, no. Well, that's what my- Are there storylines going into this Money in the Bank? Obviously, you've got, like, Le- Lana and Naomi dancing. Yes. But are there other storylines that are going into this? Um. So, Natalia possibly injured well her storyline is who is the better friend of natalia <laughs> Nia no Jackson, that's the ronda nia jacks ronda rousey, Rondi, Rondi rousey sure, storyline so like natalia is the actual belt in this scenario yeah, exactly not the real belt that they should be feuding over yeah uh you know, you know what you're right actually there is there's no there's no proper storylines i mean people have matches but there's no real beef there there's, that, no act, act, there's nothing to sink your teeth into and that's with kind any of, of these dynamics. And that's kind of what I feel like it's, it's missing. Like if so, if, and, and I'm saying this is a very much an extreme scenario, but had Charlotte beaten Becky Lynch here, or if you'd have done this a couple of weeks ago and Charlotte had beaten Becky Lynch, and then you kind of said this sort of slow burn heel turn, and then you finally have these two best friends you know, turn on each other, where, you know, Becky turns heel, fight, you know, her turns heel, which some people think would be a good thing to do. As I said, I'm talking about very much extremes here. And then you kind of have, like, a rivalry going into the match, and you're using the match to kind of further the rivalry, as opposed to just putting eight lasses into a match. Mm. Yeah, because the majority, uh, and we touched on this yesterday, the majority of the storylines are, we're all friends. Yeah, well, best mates, me, me and we, you. We, team, gals, team we don't, Generation we don't X, fight, yeah. makeup and hair. Uh, so there is a summit next week. A women's summit. Ooh, with uh, all the SmackDown Money in the Bank female entrants mm-hmm. and Paige. Don't know what form that's going to take. But given how SmackDown changed up the usual tired formats of contract signings and in-ring interviews, I'm kind of excited what a summit might look like. Hey, Paige here. She might bring something really new and different to to this. What can you What can you see in a summit? Can I see the summit? Well, actually, I mean, I see on the, the top of a mountain. I mean, I think it's going to be in the ring. I think they're all going to be standing in a row, mm. and I think Paige is going to talk about how this is um, historic and how that um, SmackDown uh, needs to win because we had the Money in the Bank last year, and that was historic, and we're you know empowering and all that sort of stuff. And Charlotte's going to say, "Hey." We're going to make magic. That's the most important thing. Hey, steady on, on, lasses. You're in the ring with me. I'm basically magic, so we should be fine. Stop talking about the... Don't look at the briefcase. Stop looking and pointing at the briefcase. It's about the magic. Not the stakes, but the magic. This right here, Middle East, is hope. So that's my other thing as well. So, again, I've missed the last two weeks' worth of of television because I was in a cupboard. But... um, 
in the men's thing, we've had we've seen Samoa Joe hold on to the briefcase. We've seen Finn Balor hold on to the briefcase. Like today, we saw Kevin Owens Kevin, went up Kevin for the briefcase. Yeah, exactly. So we've had these people like going up and they've been grabbing the the, the briefcase and all that sort of. Have any of the women done that in any um, of their segments? No, I don't think they have. No. Okay. Cool. I was just checking. I mean, that's not going to be the angle that puts it over for no, me. I've seen quite enough. Oh, I, 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 it's, I, again. Climbing up the ladder and unhooking the briefcase is the WrestleMania sign point of July or June, <laughs> whatever month it is. I'm just saying, like, it just feels like there isn't a lot going into this. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the other feud for Money in the Bank, the, the women's match, is Lana and Naomi feud in air quotes. And we got a bit of uh intergender fun here mixed match challenge lives again yeah. <laughs> remember that <laughs> that was fun, that was fun on facebook facebook watch yeah. yeah so they had a mixed tag team match um jimmy and uh, naomi cut a uh, an uso style promo backstage pretty badass yeah and uh, well, i mean i've written here it wasn't as threatening as when the usos do it no um and uh, the sort the sort of story around this match was that jimmy kept kicking aiden english in the throat or attacking or punching him in the throat and like making him be like oh i can't sing that's anymore. a heel move very right much a, i know well then the heels kind of backed off to be like oh my god that's his money maker you can't punch him in that sort of thing but then the match was a quite sloppy because um it was basically it was lana and naomi doing the majority of the wrestling in ring while jimmy and uh aiden english were on the outside weird choice that i don't know which agent looks at all the people in that match and goes Naomi and Lana are going to take the majority here. I do see the logic in it because then you get the spicy hot sure, tag sure. Of, of Jimmy coming in. Love that, the spiciness. Lo- and it was a spicy hot tag. It got really good, actually, when, when uh, Jimmy got in. But I, I'll be honest with you, Lana, I've, I've written here, Lana hit some of the worst elbow drops I've ever seen. I didn't <laughs> mind those. I've written here, I've written here, Lana looks pretty okay. <laughs> What a low bar. Nothing mind-blowing, nothing standout. She just looked okay. I mean, these were some of the worst elbow drops I've ever seen. What, those three in a row that she did? But they're not like elbow drops. She sort of stops an elbow, but then puts her hands down to stop herself from falling. And it was kind of like the elbow was hitting the mat to the side of Naomi's face, not the actual... Yes. So you like you're just armpit dropping essentially. Yeah, it's just it's um yeah I, I wasn't you I wasn't right. yeah uh, but you know when Jimmy got in it was like some really good fun because hey guess what Jimmy Uso was a really really good professional wrestler and stayed in English and then Jimmy hit a super kick into English's throat for the win. Oh, you're missing out the best bit. Aiden English is in the like Jimmy's in one corner, Aiden English is in the opposite one, and he's mocking the Usos. Ooh, so chant, mm-hmm. and he's going Rusev Day, Rusev Day, and he runs to tackle Jimmy in the corner. He does that sort of butt splash thing, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, but Naomi comes out of nowhere out with of a nowhere. splash, yeah. And then Jimmy hits the the kick for the win. And there was also a, sp- a moment when um, uh, Jimmy like hoisted Naomi over his shoulder so she could do a hurricane runner of sorts. Mm. Oh no, it was like a like a, a press thing, like a Luther's press. Uh, and speaking of Naomi dives. Quite. She threw herself into one outside. Yeah, she. I've written here. She did a sort of dive because I think I think she was meant to flip over, but she didn't really flip. She just sort of like just flew. I hope Naomi has thanked Aiden English for saving her life (laughs) because English Lana just like sort of did that thing where you you just put your hands out and guide them to the ground. Aiden English just stood there and took all of Naomi. Yeah. Uh, 
because her head was going directly into the center of the earth by that trajectory. Certainly was. But, you know, I, th- I thought this was, was fun for what it was. But, yeah, Mixed Match Challenge lives again. It's just uh, Lana and... Sorry, that was a good sign-off point. But it's like, just to bring it back to the money in the bank thing, Lana and Naomi, this isn't a money... This isn't a ladder match winning feud right here. This is just filler stuff for hot bodies in the money in the bank. The the Charlotte Becky Lynch stuff really has some potential, and Becky Lynch in particular. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's a SmackDown review, Maggle, I love it. We got us a flying Uso. And speaking of women's segments, we had a women's segment to open up the show with Carmella uh, coming out uh, to open up the show to ask, who really is Asuka? Uh, And then even poses the question, even says, she's not the woman we think she is. And she's going to uh, bring out, uh, she's going to expose the truth. And I suddenly thought, like, she's not going to bring out some sisters, is she? Mm. I I didn't like this. Purely for that reason. That you thought some like, sisters were going to come out? What? No, no, no. Just It's such, such lazy writing. You've got an almost identical tone to another feud on Monday nights. It's Absolution Riot Squad coming out. I'm going to expose the real Asuka. Like, it's not even strong enough for one feud. Why are you trying to... Re- it's not like this is a winning formula and you're doing it again on Tuesday nights. I just... I, I, I didn't think I didn't think this was good I, at all. I, I I tell you what I mean I really liked this opening segment, but I did, uh, in, including the match as well because Carmella was there and she said that she's going to expose uh, Asuka and she played this video package to remind us of how awesome Asuka was pre WrestleMania and then how watered down as she's become since her loss to Charlotte wasn't used in order to actually build up her character or you know to further her career. It was just it was a loss and that has been it. 
and um, she she I said forgot about the Survivor Series win. Yeah, so did I actually. Um, and she talked about she's no longer the undefeated Asuka. She's just the defeated Asuka, and she called out. That's a good line. It was a good line. Asuka comes out, but then is interrupted by uh, Mandy Rose. And Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville both want to have matches with Asuka because Mandy Rose nearly beat her last week, apparently. And she didn't. <laughs> okay. I mean, I it was quite comfortable victories by Asuka both weeks. So when Paige said, hey, you've got unfinished business with these two ladies... Not really. <laughs> Not really, does she? But anyway, so like, Carmella then says, like, hey, you could fight either one of them, or you could you know, fight both of them. That's what the undefeated Asker would do. So Carmella said, you could face both of them. You know, you, or you could face either one of them. Paige then comes out and says, no one speaks for me. Asker, you can face either one of them. And I was like, you've just repeated what Carmella mm. said, essentially. So she did technically speak for you. And um, uh, But Asker says that she... At least to- she watches the show. <laughs> Unlike Kurt Angle, who's just on the back with his phone. Anyway, Asker said that she wants to face both of them. And then had I, a really, really fun uh, handicap match. I really enjoyed this. Let's be honest, though. It was a really fun match with Sonya Deville. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm, go- I'm going to unwind this. I I said that uh, I I really didn't like the Carmella stuff. I didn't like that like that tone bit. I actually like you enjoyed this overall opening to the show. This went 25 minutes from top to bottom. It didn't feel like it. It didn't, and it was like it was a really meaty, full thing to really sink your teeth yeah. into. And, but that's not to say it's perfect. I've already got the problem with the uh, the Carmella. Uh, I'm going to expose the real Asuka narrative thing. But I did like how she showed the video packages, although I don't like it when wrestlers introduce video packages. Here's something I prepared earlier. Ruins all the spontaneity for me. But the, this is this is quite nitpicking, but it's kind of similar to my criticism of... Us, uh, yeah, nitpicking yeah, on this yeah. show. Sounds very unlike it's us. Just, we, we want WWE to be the best it possibly can be. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's similar to the, the Raw stuff. It's so obvious. I don't get why you didn't do it this way. And that's... Carmella says, why don't you face both of them to Asuka? And then Paige says, you know, you choose. And then Asuka says, I'll face both of you. That didn't really get... It got a pop, but it didn't get a big pop. And the reason is, is because the heels already said it. Like, if Carmella's there being like, I don't think you can beat both of them, Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. And then Paige says, what do you want to do? And then, so no one ever mentions that this is going to be a handicap match. When Asuka finally says, I'm going to take on both of you, it's like, oh yeah, Asuka's badass. She's come up with that all by herself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it, to further on to that point, as you said, Carmella was the one that suggested it. Paige didn't say you could take them on in a handicap match. She said, no, I, I would suggest you take them on in, in singles action. Mm. But then Asuka was like, no, I'll take them on in a handicap match. But you're absolutely right. That is yeah. a much better way of doing it. I just, you know, just taking the crowd on that journey to orchestrate the biggest pop at the end. Mm. Uh, like Kevin Owens powerbombing a special <laughs> Olympic athlete. Exactly. That but, would have been the best way to do it. But back onto the positive yes. side of things, this was a really fun match when, really it, was, it. when it was Asuka uh, and DeVille, as you quite rightly pointed out, including a really nice spot where they both kicked each other in the head and fell down. It was really cool. Great double down. S- slight little botch spot, I think, where they were going to do the spear and then Asuka forgot and kicked Deville when she was running because she missed the which was meant to duck the clothesline but I anyway, just think Asuka likes kicking people God, I mean, you've seen said... her kick Lana's hair off no yeah so this was like two days ago at a live event yeah Asuka kicks Lana and it like Lana's weave goes flying <laughs> amazing it's brilliant it's like in um, Scott Pilgrim it's like you kick the extent uh, you kick the, uh, the hair dye out of her hair 
something along those lines. I haven't seen the film in a while. But um, anyway, they did this really cool spear, actually. Sonya Deville's got a really nice spear, and Asuka took it very, very well. That was a good near fall. A good sequence. Lays into a reversal with Asuka getting the Asuka lock for the win. I very much enjoyed that. Yeah, I really... Sonya Deville is very good. Oh, and Carmella moonwalked on the announcer's table as well. That's always cool. Uh... The Yeah, so Mandy Rose didn't do anything, really, of note, and the stuff she did do was boring. This was this was all Sonya Deville and Asuka, and I don't know how much of that is Asuka, because she's considered to be a worker who can carry most of the women to, to pretty damn good matches. Like, her, her matches with Nia Jax, um, and, like, Sasha Banks' matches with Nia Jax. But the... the I, some of that's got to be Deville as well. Yeah, she, I, She's a really good... Really good wrestler. I really I, like her style. Really, I think she's come on leaps and bounds since NXT mm. as well. Uh, I mean, as I said in the SmackDown review, though, although I think that Asuka has been completely watered down since WrestleMania, yeah. she is still one of the best wrestlers they have in the women's division. So oh, She's one of the best wrestlers in the company. Oh, she's yeah, like top yeah. five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I would say. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, uh, Carmella got in the ring, then imposed <laughs> with the belt, and then Mandy Rose kind of sort of led a bit of a distraction, and Asuka hit her in the face uh, and then Carmella laid her out so Mandy Rose looked very oily <clears throat> do you think she looked more oily than usual I don't pay this much attention to the the sort of level of detail that you dive into is what what's her new uh, gimmick that you were talking about last week uh, so which... her, her catch her catch for it all like what her, oh, you know, like she's the, the stunning Mandy the Rose, stunning Mandy Rose which Todd Phillips always talks about okay but that's you, like you know the irresistible force yes. Nia Jax yeah but you uh, or um the uh, the gen- gentleman oh no what was um what was Rich Swan charismatic Rich Swan or oh, something like yeah. that oh uh, what was it. <laughs> He did, like he's just there to have fun. Outlandish. The outlandish wrist one. That was <laughs> it. That makes me want to buy matches. <laughs> he's outlandish. Outlandish. Uh, but no, I I would buy a match of Mandy Rose yeah, he... oiled up. Uh, <laughs> Backstage. Like in the oil. Backstage, uh, Miz was practicing Miz Jitsu, um, uh, and he nearly hits Mr. Bootiesworth uh, in the face. And then New Day come in and they apologize for not letting him know who, which one of them is going to be in Money in the Bank. And actually, by the end of the show, we still don't know which member of the New Day is going to be in Money in the Bank. Although there was a poster that was apparently going around online yesterday that um, had Big E on it. Yeah, I mean, everyone assumed it was going to be Big E. And, and PW Insider, I think. About oh, yeah. Today, okay. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I think Kofi like forgot some of his words here, but mm. but like an absolute pro, Xavier was there to like help him out and make it seem so natural. And Kofi got back on track, really, really smart. It's not like when Shane McMahon forgets his lines and there's that sort of awkward pause where he's like, "Now what do I do?" <laughs> um, Reset. <laughs> da, 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 da. What up? What up, Milwaukee? <laughs> Anyway, uh, and Biggie uh, says that he's going to, like, they've got a hat with their names inside. And he says, you can pick out which one of us is going to be in Money in the Bank. But they want to have him blindfolded. And then when they put the blindfold on, they switch out the hat for one that's got pancake batter in it. Miz puts it in. Comedy ensues. He's got pancake batter on his hands. I loved this I, I liked. I, I thought it was really funny. I, I th- do you know who loved was, it. Do you know who was the best thing about it? Biggie. Yeah, Biggie. When he reacted to the, the oh, pancake mix, so funny. He was doing like the Carl Anderson Muttley laugh. <laughs> oh, he's, he's trying to. You like... bet you're so much better. To... <laughs> there it is. I can't do that. Uh, so it's the only impression I can do. <laughs> but this was just. Are you talking about your Becky Lynch impression last? Why? What do you mean about Becky Lynch impression? <laughs> Goes so South Scouse. African now. <laughs> it's like Scouse and South African. Uh, the this was just for very very talented. Live performers 
who can do comedy really well and do promos really yeah. well having fun together oh, it was. and that like they're obviously enjoying themselves and but not to the extent where it's like it's it's uh self-absorbed where they're like their corpse in all oh, what you said was really funny it was them putting on a really really good segment and that joy transfers to me as a viewer i love seeing this sort of stuff and it was it was genuinely funny when they sw- that's so simple and so childish but when they switched the pancake mix yeah. i actually laughed out loud and Ms. Police, he just everything was timed perfectly. Oh, and man. Biggie's reaction, as you said. But my favourite bit was just when Big E says to, to Ms. right at the start, "I'm sorry, you you wanted New Day to reveal their member to the world," and Ms. just goes rephrase. <laughs> <laughs> I just it was at the, there was no wasted dialogue here. Everything was really tight and funny. Yeah, very very good segment. And it's just fascinating how Ms. has almost gone through another iteration of his character is he's kind of this that the Miz Jitsu stuff it just feels like he's working on something new I'm excited to see where he goes and there's those sort of rumors that like if Biggie's apparently getting a big singles push coming out of uh, money in the bank what that means then for the future of the new day is what PW Insider was saying that the future of the new day is currently being discussed it's segments like this where I go like do I really? I don't think I do want the new day to kind of break up because I do kind of get a kick out of them in back in some backstage segments. Yeah, some. in in ring ones, it can it can it's it's flip a coin whether it's good. But yeah. the uh, the backstage stuff, I I generally say is is very good. Carl uh, Anderson then had a singles match against Harper because they are facing each other in tag team action at Money in the Bank. Um, someone in the comment section yesterday um, couldn't work out where we got ten matches from. Um, and I basically listed like the two ladder matches, the two uh, and the the okay. three title matches, and then we're like, where are the other matches? And I was like, all of the other matches that they've been promoted. And I this, this I've just heard them. I've just heard people say ten matches. We can go through them if you want. No, no, it's fine. I don't want to <laughs> get depressed this early on. Well, this is one of them, uh, mm. which is it's going to be uh, the Brothers Bludgeon versus the Brothers Good at Money in the Bank for the tag team titles. And um, Harper completely dominated this match, but you'll never guess what happened. The babyface got a quick roll-up and won. I thought it did absolutely nothing for either team or the feud. Yeah, it's uh, it's it didn't do anything at all. Um, but it also so that's that's an incorrect way of saying it. It seems like it does nothing at all, but I I, I think it actually harms the Bludgeon Brothers mm. because they have I'm, have they lost? I think yeah, they've, they've lost, lost those singles one act. singles. Todd Phillips did say this on commentary that they've they've only ever lost in singles action. They've never lost as a tag team. Yeah, it's just like why do it? Why not have? Bludgeon Brothers squash a local team while looking at the Good Brothers on commentary. Why not have the Good Brothers beat the Usos or an- another you know, prominently featured tag team? Can't none spring to mind other than because all the tag teams were on Raw. Yeah, barbecues. Well, all the all the mid card tag teams were on Raw or the the comedy ones. Uh, so yeah, why not just just have that? Why have one of them get a fluke victory. So, like you said, yeah, it does nothing. Carl Anderson doesn't look strong because he was it was a fluke. And Luke Harper doesn't look strong because he lost. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I can't wait to see these two unstoppable forces collide. What will happen? It's, oh, I'm going to see these two tepid forces bump into each other. Pretty much. It will get five minutes of the pay-per-view. I really didn't like Yeah, and it, it, it betrays what's... Uh, it reveals how 
little WWE think of this feud. This is a it's a it's a filler match. It is. It, I feel like the, this really is just so that the the Bludgeon Brothers can officially say we've beaten every tag team in uh, in on SmackDown. So for when when Sanity debut, they can be like, well, you haven't beaten us. Yeah, that, that's just why I feel like this. It's just filler until Sanity get here. Totally, and and that's no excuse WWE for making bad feuds and boring programming no and as i said in the smackdown review as well one of my issues with sanity like i it, if you want to hold off on sanity's debuts like we were talking about with authors of pain yesterday that's fine if you want to like just hold them off until you want them to face off against the bludgeon brothers that's fine but just keep that plate spinning like have eric young cut some backstage promos mm. have them in like those sort of po- post-apocalyptic like background areas that they used to have in in nxt have them do something we haven't had a promo for them in a month now yeah. Like it's four weeks worth of television where they haven't been mentioned. And to the point where it's like, oh yeah. So when they debut, people aren't going to be like, they're finally here. People are going to go like, oh yeah. Yeah, they're here now. Yeah, because you can either keep, keep that plate spinning. That's one very valid way of doing it. Or you just do it as a complete surprise. But WWE have just done this rubbish bit in the middle where they've done a bit of a tease and then they've just dropped it. Yeah. Uh, which Which kind of says to me that they never had plans for them. Absolutely they not. They called them up and they started teasing them, but they never had a storyline or a feud to enter them into. It, Otherwise, it, yeah. they would have kept these teases going. It, I was actually listening to a podcast um, recently where they were talking about that sort of 2004-2005 era of SmackDown, which is where they used to use that as like a testing ground for a lot of guys they were bringing up from FCW and OVW and all these places. Like, okay, we'll put these guys out on TV and see what we can do with them. You know, your Luther Reigns. It's just like there's a, a whole host of people that they brought up but they were only there for a couple of weeks and apparently the story is is that Vince McMahon like they came up and was like oh he's too green don't know what to do with him just send him away and then they'd either get fired or just get sent back to OVW and it sometimes feels with some of these NXT guys where they come up because they have to do NXT call-ups after WrestleMania or something and essentially Vince just gets given a list and it's like he's the people we're bringing up he's like cool and then he sees them he's like no I don't know what to do with them mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I don't really get it. I don't know what it is. Like, what is this person? What is this group? Just take them off TV for the moment. We'll, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, which is uh, yeah. really frustrating as a viewer. Uh, next up, we've talked about the intergender tag match. Yes, Enjoyed that. But we didn't talk about the little sponsor that came up before the match. Did you see I this? I didn't see this, no. It was, I can't remember what it was for, and I should have gone back, but it was like a, a 3D WWE mobile phone app game, mm-hmm. and it had the little logo there, and then the little logo, so you know when they overlay graphics on the shots of the crowd, that, you know, sponsored by yada yada. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this match is presented by whatever. Snickers. Yeah. Uh, so they've got the 3D logo of this game and then a 3D computer animated Shinsuke Nakamura comes in and low blows the logo amazing I love that (laughs) I mean he doesn't do the low blows much anymore so that was made a couple of weeks ago but still it'll come back into play in their match I'm sure it will speaking of nice segue what an interesting way of presenting a contract signing yeah I thought this was fine rip just fine. I, I mean, it didn't Classically really. Classically, it, it didn't do anything for me, to be honest. I know, like, I get what you mean. Like, it's it's interesting and it's a different way to present it rather than just doing it out in the ring where someone gets put through a table because that's kind of like what we're you know used to seeing. But it's not like I looked at this and was like, oh well, that's a better way of doing it. I was like, that's a different way of doing it. But it it did the same thing for me in the same way that people being put through tables after contract signings doesn't really do anything for me either. But this was four minutes. Like, <laughs> yes, that it contra- was shorter. Yes. That contract signing is ten to twelve, 
and it's the exact same stuff. But here, you don't have to like pause for the crowd. You can you can let those awkward silences breathe because that's like you know this is a contract signing. It's tense, and and you can really play up the drama of that. If it's a pre-filmed thing, you can cut from here to there. Maybe you didn't get the best take. Let's do that again. I th- it makes it so much better. It reminds me. I was a big fan of how Impact do their. Uh, backstage segments which is all kind of like this but with a someone who's drunk five coffees holding the camera it's like 24 levels of shaky yeah. cam and it was when alberto el patron had to relinquish his title like i think it was last year early 2017 and so bruce there's, Br- there's so many numerous times he had to yeah there. and bruce pritchard is kind of saying sorry you've got to you've got to hand it over it's just the way it is and it felt really real it was a great great segment and although this never felt real it felt comic book real so you know like yeah. i bought into this i never was like man that is kitchen sink next level method acting but i was like this is a as for this universe this is the most real it gets i really i really really liked it well i, I, I will say this i like the presentation of it as you said because you can cut cameras you can do this that, and the other i like that the, the presentation of it but it's not like this segment as a whole i was like wow i thought the segment as a whole was fine it was there wasn't like this these segments should make you excited to see the match i'm excited to see the match at the moment i'm really not and i don't know whether it's just that my excitement for this has been killed by all of the matches they've had previously but i'm not looking forward to having a last man standing match Uh, i i think it'll be a a great match and it probably will be the best match of the series but at the moment i'm not looking forward to it i think this might be a case of you being in a cupboard for two weeks because the build honestly the build for the la- on this for the last two weeks has been very very good oh interesting yeah yeah and they've they've really helped put over aj's character being a hothead nakamura's being this like anime crazed villain mm-hmm. troll and also the last man standing okay uh, thing so i i mean i'm already into this feud quite heavily uh, and I'm very much looking forward to another match and the, the progression of the story. So m- maybe that's why you're not seeing it as good. Because it, you, you're right, it's not like the mega go-home angle, mm-hmm. but that's next week. Well, they'd probably botch that. But <laughs> this is you know, this is two weeks out. This is the perfect two weeks out from the pay-per-view segment, I think. I don't think we've actually described what it is. So it's a contract signing, uh, Pod Swafters and Swaft Nation, that took didn't take place in the ring live. It took place in a pre-taped backstage segment where Paige was MC in it in the middle of a table. Then you had AJ and Shinsuke on uh, opposite sides, and then next to them, lawyers. It was no, it was just heavies. I thought it was. I thought it was their two lawyers. Dean Malenko. Yeah, he, he might have gone to law school. No, it was Dean Malenko and Adam Pierce who were just there. To stop AJ from putting people through. I did through a not table. realize that was uh, Dean Malenko. They were the, the agents, yeah, and Adam Pierce on the other side. Yeah, I didn't. All yeah. oh, oh, right, okay. I was too focused on the other guys. Um, so yeah, uh, Naka AJ signs. He's like, you know, I'm going to beat you at Money in the Bank, and Nakamura go- goes to use his pen to sign his contract. He goes, ah, oh, out of ink, and he just throws it behind him. Can I borrow yours, AJ? Like just being a, like this is ramping up the tension and just being such a dick about it i loved his performance and aj hands shinsuke his pen 
and then Shinsuke just shakes and goes, it's broken. And he throws that away as well. And for some reason, that's the most offensive thing ever to Styles because he's a hothead. And he slaps Shinsuke across the face. His pen is phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's one of those ones like you shake it and it's like that the lady has no clothes say, anymore. Yeah. That's my favorite pen, Nakamura. And uh, Paige, Paige is there, like quite rightly going, what the hell are you doing, AJ? And that's like AJ's character. I really like that side of it, that although he's a baby face, he doesn't take any crap. He's like, I don't care about the consequences. I'm very emotional right now. I'm going to slap you in the face. Can I um, can I pose a better outcome for the... the not, but not a better outcome. A better stipulation for their match then. Book it better, Luke. No, no, well, no, it's not, I'm not saying book it better. I'm just saying, like, if this is the storyline you're telling, as I said, I've missed the last two weeks' mm, TV, mm. that AJ's this real hothead and Nakamura's the one who's playing these mind games. Do you know what stipulation I would have chosen then if I was booking this? That AJ can lose the title on a disqualification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is good. Like, because that's, that builds up into this then, that AJ could always be teasing getting DQ'd in the match and, and losing the championship. And that plays Nakamura just playing mind games throughout. Uh, trying to capture that Christian Randy Orton magic. Exactly, From yeah. Money in the Bank 2011. Yeah. I, that, that, that is a good way. Um, Because, like, none of this plays into last man standing. At least, like, the, the, the AJ being a hothead and Nakamura playing mind games, that doesn't play into last man standing. Well, this does. Okay, so let me finish the, the, the description of what happened. AJ's carried off by Malenko and Pierce. And then Nakamura just produces his own pen from out of his pocket, signs it, and goes, last man standing. So he is the, like, in my head, he was the last man standing in this segment because he's got a cool head. He's going to manipulate AJ. Uh, As for, I do like the idea of the DQ thing, Mm. but the few, logically, I don't think it works as well as you think it might because the previous matches have all been based on Shinsuke getting, like, that low blow. So it would work against him. It would work against the heel as much as it would the baby face. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. But I, I, I really, honestly, I really enjoyed oh, this that, segment. That, that's fine. It's not, I, it's not the best segment ever. I no, yeah. Bloody I, solid. I thought it was fine. But I liked the presentation. Um, then we got more interviews. Yeah, we got a Smojo being interviewed by C-3PO. Um, and um, thankfully, she has a name. <laughs> but, thankfully, Joe comes in and cuts an awesome promo because, like, oh, Joe's such a good promo. He's absolutely awesome. The so this was a uh, which when oh it's because I've I've cut out my notes. So this interview, sorry, after the contract signing was uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch, yes. and then it goes to C three PO. Yep. And she just goes... Although C-3PO does have a lot of personality. Yeah. So that's, un- it, that's unfair to C-3PO. But it's... Dasher <laughs> then does this really awkward scripted spiel yeah. about Lynch winning. Like, <laughs> oh, she is now well-placed to win the money in the bank. Speaking of money in <laughs> the bank, segway. Here is Samoa Joe. Yeah. And Samoa Joe just comes in and bosses it. Absolutely. I, have, I actually have a theory. Um, I was thinking about this earlier today as to why all of the uh, interviewers except for Renee are so wooden I actually think it's on purpose I think they're wooden on purpose to make the wrestlers seem more charismatic when they come in that's totally it. Like so, yeah. Like so, Mean Gene. Like Mean Gene sometimes could overshadow because Mean Gene was such a good talker. If the person he was interviewing was not as good of a talker, you're like, well, why is the interview better than the Warlord, or why is the interview better than you know this guy? So maybe it's just like they had to be like, so please uh, welcome my guest at this time, 
and then pass it, and then the person comes in. It's like even if they're just like a modicum of charisma, they meet. They seem so much more charismatic next to the other person. I totally, totally agree. I don't. I, I agree with your theory. I don't agree with that oh, no, as a presentation absolutely style. Absolutely not. I'm much more of a fan of the Joey Styles, the Mean Jeans, as those backstage interviewers, uh, the the Jeremy Borashes. Yeah. So much charisma. Um, but it just, it totally ties in with what Justin Roberts, the ring announcer, always criticised WWE for when he left uh, last year. He said that he wasn't allowed to put much inflection or energy into the announcement of the wrestlers' names because the crowd only has so many pops in them. This was WWE's like their yeah. their law their laws their rules to him. They said don't do that because the crowd have only got so many pops. Let them use it on the wrestlers. Don't try and get yourself over. And just, no, he's trying to make a better product. Stop being so paranoid. So like the whole one four thing is like, don't just talk over them saying yeah, saying one four exactly. Like, why why would you want the crowd to have fun? It's yeah. a, a, a completely just backwards way of thinking. But anyway, speaking of promos, Big Cass came out for a promo, um, and it was kind of like sort of off the side to the stage a little mm. bit, which was like a nice little. It, it made it look a little bit different. I like so the that. crowd are in the background. Yes, but I. But what I will say is that I, I have missed the last two weeks of shows, but it doesn't appear that Big Cass has got any new material because his promo was about being tall and yes. and Daniel Bryan is not tall. And um, he said that he was there at WrestleMania 30 when Bryan won the WWE Championship. He was walking behind him. And all he could think was, that guy's quite small. I'm pretty tall. Why is he the champion? Essentially, that was, that was what he... And then um, he said that... He, he had this really odd line where he said, a good big man will always beat a good little man. And I looked and I was like, mate, you lost a backlash. So the little man did win. Hmm. And then he said that Brian has never been in the ring with someone as big as me. And I was like, mate, he was at backlash and he won. He was in the ring with you last week. It's not like you're getting taller with each growing promo. Bigger you're, boots. You're still seven foot tall. You still can't teach it. I under, I appreciate that. But he has been in the ring with someone as tall as you because he's been in the ring with you. Yeah. You know how you were a bit down on AJ and Nakamura just now? I wasn't down on it. But I said it was fine. It's a three out of five segment. Sure, because probably because you missed. I, I think it's because you haven't okay, had the, the previous two weeks. You're on the money here, though. <laughs> okay. Because nothing has changed. Big Cass... Is just say, like there's the but the stuff he said did not warrant saying, yeah. especially on live TV to build a story, and it felt like it went on for a while. Well, when after Samoa Joe um, cut his promo, I thought, cool, we're going to get our um, this our main event six man tag. It's the only other match that we've had announced for today. I'm like, wow, cool. That's going to get like fifteen twenty minutes. That sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we got this instead, which took up like, you know, six to eight minutes of that. And then we got another promo after that. By the time the six man came around, it actually, there wasn't a lot of time for it. And I just thought like, I'd have just scrapped this segment because it didn't do anything to further the feud. Mm. And another take away from Big Cass, it's a good promo. He's a, he, I quite like his promos. It's just that they're, they're, they ring hollow. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and he did that thing again that I really, really hate. Let's have a look at what happened when I beat him in the main event. Well, he didn't even beat him. Samoa Joe beat him. Daniel Bryan had Cass beat at the end of last week's main event. Joe locked in the Kikina clutch. He won. And then Cass hit the big boot after the match was over. 
and that was like he's a big man always but like you said backlash this proves that yeah and it's like i'm just waiting here why is everyone playing clips today <laughs> this was like the third time a promo had a clip as a part of it, it just makes it really staged and scripted quite transparently and then when it comes back to cass Renee Young does her Thanos away thing, where she up. just disintegrates into the ether. Yeah, she's done her job. She asked her one question and then held the microphone and then walked away. That's not how normal <laughs> interviews work. If you watch any chat show, it is quite a back and forth deal. I have you don't to, just yeah. ask one question and then the camera completely ignores Conan O'Brien or Jonathan Ross or Graham Norton. You and I have done interviews. You and I have done interviews for, for movie websites. Um, so you, you often find that when you do your junkets... You sit down in, in your chair and you ask your one question and then you go, cool. And then you just stand up and walk away and just let them talk for yeah. the... Uh, you interviewed uh, John Cena. I did interview John Cena, yeah. And I just let him talk for five minutes. And I was, I, I actually wasn't there. I had to get the rushes afterwards. I had to go back in after he'd finished his answer so I could get the rushes and edit them. To be fair, though, that did actually happen when I interviewed Brian Singer because he didn't really want to talk about how bad his movie was. <laughs> Which movie was it? X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Cass cut an okay him. scripted promo, and uh, but the only other thing of note was that this was shot from a low angle to to present Big Cass as as appearing big. You know, when you shoot things down closer to the ground, you're looking up at the person speaking, and it makes it gives them the illusion that they're bigger. That was the most interesting thing here, pretty much. Uh, then we had a scene cut, so this was like. Three interviews in a row. Yeah. Fine with interviews, especially because they were quite short. I mean, the, the big cast one went on, but really the, the backstage ones were, were short. But just don't, don't put them all next to each other. Spread them out. Yeah. It's like, oh, we've got loads of stuff to build for next week. Cram them in before the main event. Oh, but the main event was going to get 20 minutes. Eh. Well, at the moment, your, your new thing, your 11s in the office, is that you have your little slice of toast uh, with peanut butter on it. Almond with almond, al- al- with almond butter on it. So when you have your almond butter, do you like do you put all the spread into one little bit of it uh, of the bread? So you just have all of the all of it all in one dry bit, all toast, the dry toast and then a big bit of yeah. big big clump of it. Or do you that spread is, no, no, it evenly that's, across? That's, I actually do it the, the, the first way, <laughs> yeah, just to annoy you. Uh, next up, we had Sin Cara backstage with Dasher again with three PO. Yep, just doing a little robot dance. Uh, Sin Cara's mask managed to show more emotion. <laughs> Sin Cara came in and got a promo because he's wearing the mask. He was like, "I don't know what Sin Cara is talking about. I don't know this is fourteen years old." Did a bit of Bane. Yeah. He's, <laughs> so he's he said he he knew Alma since they were kids or yeah. whatever, and he doesn't know what's happened. And then Zelina Vega walks in, says, "Why well, I'm a, I'm his business manager. I've transformed him into a winner." Alma's attacks Sin Cara. Hey ho, we've got a match next week. Certainly have. I I was watched... expecting this to be on the pre-show for Money in the Bank. Mm. Which is ah, oh, that's a. Uh, it's better that that's not the case. Um, which is you know this is, Almas is going to get a proper match hopefully. Sin Cara's very very good. Mm. Doesn't really get a chance to show it. One of the most legit tough guys backstage as well. I've heard this. Yeah, he's five and zero oh in backstage fights. He's beaten up Sheamus. He's punched Chris Jericho. Didn't he have one with Enzo? No, oh, or... I don't know if it was Enzo. But then wasn't he kicked off the bus? I feel like it was Simon. Gotch, maybe. So, so, yeah. so the, it, that was the Jericho one because apparently these are all the reports they're so silly uh, on the European tour in November 2016 Sin Cara was making annoying noises and everyone told him to shut up Jericho told him to shut up and then it, a scuffle ensued but just, I can just imagine Sin Cara driving 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 in a bus hey WWE 
<laughs> is that what you think is annoying noises? Ariba. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh you, dear me! I saw a clip. Someone just posted on Reddit the most badass way to exit an interview ever, and it was from El Hunico, who is of course now Sin Cara, and it's just a WWE backstage thing from years ago. And the guy's talking to El Hunico backstage without the mask, of course. And he says, yada yada, something boring, tattoo question. And as the interviewer is still asking the question, El Hunico just starts to walk away into the background and out of nowhere does a handstand flip and then just carries on walking. Hmm. And it was, (laughs) go and look, go and look for it. It's so cool. I just wish we had that. In a in a Latino faction with Rey Mysterio, Almas oh, well, you don't and... want too many people getting over it. There's only so many pops in the crowd, yeah. mate. So the main event was the New Day taking on uh, the other men, Money in the SmackDown, Money in the Bank entrance, which are Samoa Joe, Miz, and Rusev. Rusev well, I was very much heel. looking forward to this. Yes, very much looking forward to this. And it was good, and that they crammed quite a few inventive spots in there. But overall, I'd, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, but I, I do wish it was longer because it could have been even better. And at the end of the day, it was it was just kind of like a throwaway fun match, not a main event feel. It, it had a proper house show feel about it, mm. particularly when it came to the ending. And I felt like it was it was good, but it got really great when Kofi got the hot tag. Like that's when it kind of kicked into its its second gear, and it really really picked up then. And after that, yeah. it was just like like crazy and fast action. You couldn't really keep track of where everyone was, and that like in a good way because they were doing big crazy flip dives and moves and this that and the other. Uh, but the finish of it saw um, Miz ordered. Joe and Rusev to pick up Big E because he'd gone outside to pick up their tray of pancakes and there's a moment earlier in the match where someone kicked the um, stairs and the tray fell down and I thought oh no I bet you that was meant to play into the finish someone's going to have to go down and scramble all the pancakes back onto it anyway Miz grabs the pancakes takes it back in and he's going to throw them at Big E but he gets distracted by Kofi on the outside and by the time he's turned around Big E's kind of fought off and so he just throws the pancakes and he throws them at Joe and Rusev the ultimate sign of disrespect in on Smackdown Live because they hate pancakes on that show apart from the New Day two men that you don't want to make look silly oh no absolutely not like Rusev's got a silly aspect to him but Joe like even though uh, wrestling is is apparently scripted and predetermined I would still poo my pants (laughs) if I was the Miz even though you know we talked about that backstage the moment Joe looks at you that is bowel exit. And he, Miz sold this so brilliantly as well. He was like, oh, guys, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't mean to throw it at you. And the match could kick to, to Miz and then a sent on by Joe. And just like a couple of unstoppable badasses, they were like, I'm out of here. And just walked away. It was so cool. I, I, Joe's awesome. He is the man I want to win Money in the Bank. Same here, same here. Absolutely want him to win. Or Rusev. Just just with Joe walking around with that briefcase. Oh, be so Giving great. people psychotic evils. Yeah. Uh, there's a tag team I never knew I wanted. Super Joe Joe and Rusev. Oh, absolutely. The big bastard team. That is a meaty old team. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they hit the mid- uh, New Day hit the midnight hour and pinned Miz. A fun main event, but it wasn't like a whoa main event. Yeah, yeah inconsequential but very very fun yeah uh, i've got to, i've got to give a shout out to you one incredible spot really inventive i, I loved it so uh, i think it was biggie had uh miz in the ring yes yeah uh, biggie had miz in the ring and kofi jumps up on the top rope from the apron to the top rope hard cam's facing it so it's on the, the far side of the ring 
and it looks like Kofi's going to springboard onto the mids. That's why Big E's holding him in place. He doesn't. He just does like this trustful backwards off the top rope. I'm like, what the hell did he just do? And it was to take out Samoa Joe, who was on the outside. It Great. Was, it was so awesome. It, it, it was like an optical illusion. Yes. Because that's it, exactly that's what they said on commentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't where I got it from. But it's it, it weird because it, it looked like he had moved forwards and then just sort of disappeared into the ground. It was like a glitch in a video oh. game. It was so cool. Really, really good. Uh, so overall, um, it was... We've said this about this week's episode of Raw. There was You could have missed that show. And apart from Baron Corbin being the constable, you, you wouldn't have missed anything. Uh, I would argue the same for this week's episode of SmackDown. You I could have too. missed this show. You wouldn't miss out. But Raw was boring. SmackDown was fun all the way through. I never thought it dragged. So what would you have scored it? I would have given this a three out of five. Just like, but a solid three, three out of five. Sometimes average is good for WWE. Man, I gave it the exact same score. Yeah. I gave it a smack bang in the middle. I thought it was a... It was better than Raw, not a high bar to, to, to get over, I appreciate. But there was nothing particularly special about the show either. Yes. It was like, there was nothing on it that made me go like, man, I can't wait to tune in next week and watch SmackDown again. Or, and, you know, probably more um, more worse, that's not the best way to say it, worser, even worser, it didn't make me excited for Money in the Bank. Which, you know, but like, save that for next week, that's absolutely fine. But I thought the show was good, it was three out of five, it was fine. And pretty impressive considering no Daniel Bryan, no Jeff Hardy. That's why that's there's a depth that SmackDown has. They can put on these fun shows mm. without always having to have like AJ didn't have a match, Nakamura didn't have a match. You know, they, they were just in backstage segments. You can you've got such a great roster depth on there. It's, it's really good. I think SmackDown's very good at the moment. Yes, I agree. So I went to uh, the UK Games Expo. It's my second year going, uh, which is in Birmingham in the NEC. Were you advertised? You went to Birmingham for this? Yeah. Drove all the way up to Birmingham for it. Um, went like to two and a half hours? About two hours. Um, went to meet I'm my... a slow driver. <laughs> uh, went to go meet my brother, um, who'd been up there on the Friday. He was also going there on the, the Sunday as well. And it's great. Like, it's just basically like, you know, uh, people uh, or like games publishers just have their games just sort of laid out and you just go, then you just start playing games and you get to get a feel for things. So you're not talking about the, a video game. No. You're talking about board games, card deck playing games. Tabletops, yeah. card games, that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's all cool games, essentially. And um, I mean, it was so much busier than it was last year. It's a really, and like the actual, the thing feels bigger. Like a lot of the, the tournament stuff feels more separated and, and kind of pushed out. But it's, it was really good. Like I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it there. What I would say though, it's you've got to be patient. Like essentially what you've got to do is if you want to play a game, like there's a game that you really want to like play, you have got to just wait by a table. Don't like go like, oh, someone's playing that. Let's go see what else is going on. Because you'll just never find anything then. Because I mean, me and my brother did many laps of the place just being like looking for something that we could play. But it's always like a group that is always at a table because it's so busy. So if you do go, if you go next year, um, that, that, that would be my advice. Just kind of like hawk around a table for a little bit and wait for a game to finish. Unless it's something like, you know, a, a mammoth uh, like 40 minute game you're likely to be able to get onto a table soon enough so i've just realized that i don't need to keep asking you what this game's called 
star boobs. Yeah. Because it's you've got a sticker of it on the other side of your laptop. I I do. Yes, that was one of my. So I competed in uh, the Star Realms, uh, the UK tournament for Star Realms, which is a deck building game where essentially you are trying to destroy your opponent by uh, hiring. Um, hiring ships and bases from four different factions and then you can kind of combine those and put them in your That's deck cool. and it is cool and it's great because like although it is it's not like pokemon where you have your own specific deck and you kind of like build up on that deck there is one deck that you just all play like the two players play between so it always makes it feel very fair the great equalizer that's exactly it so i was playing in that tournament there were 64 slots uh, available within this tournament and it was advertised as single elimination and i said to my brother because i was like i'm gonna sign up for this tournament it was only me and him so i kind of felt bad because like i thought he might be signing up for a um legend of the five realms tournament which is the uh, legend of the five rings which is the game that he plays i thought he might sign up for that but he's like no it's an all-day thing i was like well i'm gonna sign up for this because it's single elimination i'm not that great a player i'll probably be out in the first round and you know that'll be fine um turns out not that many people signed up star realms is not that popular a game unfortunately i think it's a really great game but it really is not that popular um so much so that like they had like like the x-wing tournaments like were massive and just took up a huge space of hall two and the legend of the five ring stuff took up a huge space because that's made a massive like resurgence in the last year or so that was taking up a huge portion. Star Realms very much just pushed into the corner. You guys pushed to the back. You're like, you're, we're by the Final Fantasy um, trading game. Uh, but like, that had a much bigger space as well. So we were all along this one table. Such hipsters. And um, But because there wasn't that many people, they changed it from a single elimination thing to a um, almost like a round-robin tournament. Where we've, um, so we play, or they call it, we're playing Swiss. So we played... They said we'll have five first-round matches. Everyone plays five first-round matches. That will build up our top eight, and then that will be single elimination. And I thought, okay. Granted, a game of Star Realms doesn't take that long. 20 minutes, you know, really. Um, And they allowed for half hour uh, between each thing. But yeah, it took a long time to kind of get people set up, to kind of get... Because like all the decks were like fresh out of the box, which means they're all like in order. All the four factions are in order. You had to kind of do a lot of shuffling. It just took ages to get things set up. And after two and a bit hours, I'd only played... I played three games. Ugh. And I lost my first game. Quite handedly, actually. The guy absolutely destroyed me. But he was, like, a very good player. I, was, I realized when I, I was out of my depth at that point. And um, so I thought, I'll, I'll play a second game, and then maybe I'll call it quits after that. And I, so I texted him my brother. I was like, I lost the first game. Going to play a second one, see how I get on. And so I played the second game, and I won. Well, hey, and I was like, yeah, and I won. I felt really good about winning as well because I played really well in the game. I, I made some very smart choices in the factions that I kind of I bought into my deck. Felt really good about it. This is a two out of three full structure. The babyface loses the first full, wins the second. Yes, but then I lost the third game. Oh, okay. Um, and so, and I, so I texted my brother saying like, well, I'm gonna just do one more, and he he kept texting me back going like, yeah, you know, it's fine. You know, you you do that. You you carry on. But at the same time, I'm like. Oh, but he's he's on his own, and there's only so much you could do on your own at UK Games Expo. Mm. I thought, man, he might be getting a bit bored. I feel kind of bad. Like I've, I've come all the way here. We don't get to see each other very often because he lives in Wales and this and the other. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna play one more game, and then I lost that game, and uh, uh, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna call it quits there because it's gonna take me another two hours to finish these next two games to see where I I've, I've, I'm officially ranked. And so I text my brother saying, like, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm calling it quits. And he says to me, going, like, oh, are you sure? 
when I finally met him downstairs, he was like, I'm so glad. Like, I, I, was, <laughs> I was just being polite. Oh. Like, I was just being polite. It's like, I was starting to get really bored. <laughs> I was hoping this story would end with you going to find your brother, and he's kind of, the, like, fourth in the world at Legend of the Five Dicks, and he's, <laughs> he's there with loads of hot gamer girls, and they're all popping champagne and spraying it over people. No, unfortunately not. No. Oh, that's why you didn't want me to come. Yeah, no, he was just very bored. Ah, okay. <laughs> and so we went to go and play some other games instead. Because I did say to him, was like, as much as I enjoy playing Star Realms, I didn't drive all the way to Birmingham to play one game multiple times over. So we went and tried some other stuff instead. You're a quitter. That's what you are. Well, you know, but I am. You could have found out where you were. Well, well you're not. Lo- oh, no, you could be last. Well, no, I, exactly. So I'm not last, but I am in the top 24 players in the UK. That's That's technically official now because that was a ranked tournament you just showed up though and you didn't even complete it i know but like just by showing up that automatically put me into the top 24 I don't players think that's in the UK. how leagues work well it is because that was a it was an official uk tournament but and like the winners from previous tournaments didn't show up to like you know claim their honor but this is the first one ever right no so it's okay so there's there's already a pre-existing ranking yeah. of players which i assume is longer than 24 one would assume in the UK. So on that day, I don't. I don't think you can say you're in the top. <laughs> I, I, I I'm think, just trying to. I'm just trying to like think how this would. I am. I don't think there's any argument for you being in the top twenty-four. Well, the way I look at it is that I am sort of officially, but not really, ranked in the top twenty-four players because you because entered it, because it is. It was an official tournament, but I'm not really ranked in the top twenty-four players. But I sort of am based on that one tournament. So I sort of on that. On but that te- day, but technically yeah. not, but I sort of am in the top 24 players. And I've got cards to prove it because I got a card for A, entering, and B, winning a match. And I got a sticker as well, which you can see on my laptop. Can't do- you do have that sticker. That sticker. It's looking at me right in the face. That sticker shows that I am sort of, technically, but not really, ranked in the top 24 players of Star Realms in the UK. Well, if you, Swath Nation, are ranked in any board game ranking thingies <laughs> please do let us know do you know what the winner got the winner of it got to be a million pounds got to be added into the next game it's like pretty they, cool they got to, like they got uh, their picture taken and they are going to be characterized and put into the next game as one of the heroes that's cool but it also can kind of sounds like a goosebumps novel <laughs> and they're trapped in that card deck that they love forever oh that's and they're a good stuck, story. Like, ah, stuck in the card picture. That's a good story. Mm. Actually, then you are transported into that world. Yeah, forever, forever. And like the mum's like, "Oh, he's never come home," and it's actually really sad. I, I used to hate episodes like that as a kid because I'd be like, oh, "The poor family, <laughs> too much peril for me." <laughs> anyway, let's get some um, iTunes reviews out there before we leave. B Shell two one zero five says, "I have been to Kalamazoo." Remember, that was oh, a thing. Oh, yeah, Kalamazoo. Hey, guys, dedicated listener here from the great state of Indiana. I started listening for the wrestling, but stayed because Ollie is basically a slightly old, slightly older British version of myself. There's nothing better than listening to someone that has the same opinion than you on most things. I think, like, everyone who uses Facebook and the echo chambers of social media would agree. And I think he would feel the same way. Keep up the good work. Oh, and Luke is all right too, I guess. And he's just saying that as a joke. Thank you, pretty sure Thank you very uh, much. Two one zero five. I'm just to just to be a stick in the mud. I don't agree with that. I think you should listen to loads of people who have conflicting opinions and views to yourself. Yes, you don't want that echo chamber uh, nonsense. 
for example, I like talking to people who are wrong about Star Wars The Last Jedi and think that it's a perfectly average movie when it's actually not. It's the best Star Wars movie ever made. Killer B-Mac writes, Roman Reigns is a wanker. Pass it on. Crikey. We can say that, can't we? Uh, well, I, I think so, but we haven't got like that American commentator girl like, oh, what, what's a wanker? I used to love how Nigel McGuinness as Desmond Wolfe in TNA would always call people wankers. It's just a great British phrase. Yeah. It's also, a swear. It's a, a swear word. It's a, um, it's, a, it's a cultaholic thing as well. I, I was going to say it sounds King Rossi. Uh, they write absolutely number one wrestling podcast in the world, well, followed co- by Luke disputing the fact. Well, yeah, that's true, because <laughs> we're not. While I love crap gimmicks, I would also like to see a good gimmick skit <laughs> where people suggest actually good gimmicks. Love the podcast, just here for the cheap pop and to throw that suggestion. Well, I mean, thank, thank you, you very Killer much. For, thank you, Killer B. Mac. But like, yeah, what, where would be the fun be in good gimmicks? Also, would have to. That means people would genuinely trying to be submitting good gimmicks, and will have to tear those apart and, and say and that no. doesn't feel as nice as, as stuff that's meant to be intentionally bad yeah i think it's fine when people submit uh, also uh we got that email from um adam Emond. i think we mentioned this on yesterday's show about how turtles are known to carry salmonella correct and that's why we looked over one of them was i there for that you were not there for that okay. that was saturday's show that was the uh salmonella oh i see a turtle catcher Apparently it was a very good uh, gimmick that went completely over my head. It was still muddled. Also, like his offense wasn't tied in with the character that well. And if you're going to go for like turtle-based humor, why wouldn't you go for like the Teenage Mutant Ninja variety? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, copyright reasons. But that doesn't stop people in Mexico. I was going to say. Also, that would get over with me. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, instantly signed. Well, there you go. That's some advice on crap gimmicks for this Saturday. Uh, submit those to Luke at WrestleTalk.com because he's got his, he's back, people. I'm back, but man, I've got such a backlog. I have 31 unread um, crap gimmicks. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for also, on today's oh, show. On, Maybe not. On that note, I'm going to bring this up again on Saturday's show in the, the Wrestle Ramble so that the, uh, the YouTube SWAF Nation can find this. If you really want to get onto my good side... If you really want to like appeal to me when you're doing your email like subject line to make me want to read your crap gimmick, don't put best crap gimmick or like you'll never turn down this crap gimmick. I'm not like a YouTube video. I don't need to be clickbaited into opening. I'm going to open up your email regardless. Just put crap gimmick. Like you don't have to because like you're setting yourself up for a fall. Really, I'm instantly going to dislike it. You won't believe. <laughs> what this crap crap gimmick did next yeah exactly hey remember these crap gimmicks from the past click here see what they look like now isn't it crazy how that became like an article trend that you could do is like these actors started in a movie in 1993 they look very different now it's like yeah 25 years have passed what did you expect was gonna happen apart from uh paul rudd tory wilson yeah who looks better Yes, and Paul Rudd, who was not aged a day. Mm. Like he, Paul Rudd looks the same in Ant-Man as he did in Halloween 6 in 1996. He is immortal, but that's all we've got time for on today's episode. We'll see you on... No, you do this bit, don't you? Well, I mean, you can do it if you want. See you on Saturday. Love you, bye!
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.